We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. Just one more thing. Hey now. Oh boy. Holy mechanical armies. Mom always liked you best. Oh, she did. <laughs> you wanted to be one word. What is the other word? One of these days. Are we having fun yet? It's going to be legend. Wait for it. Now, you might very well think that, but of course I couldn't possibly comment. Bertie Helens agreed. Oh, come on! Missed it by that much. Good evening. Hello and welcome to the Televerse, Sound on Safe's TV podcast. This is Kate Kulzik, and I'm joined as ever by Simon Howell. Simon. Yes? You officially have a place to live. So this week, when I ask you, as I'm about to, how things are going, it can't be bad. It can't be uh, well, terrible. So, Simon, how are things going? Uh, it's not, you know, you know, you're right. It's not terrible. I'm just stressed out of my damn mind. Uh, I, you know, what's weird, and listeners at home, maybe you can relate to this. I'm, I'm, I'm moving via train, and if I follow the baggage limitations as precisely as I'm planning to, my life will weigh almost exactly the same as I do. <laughs> okay. I, I find that strange. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Now, is that strange bad or, or strange comforting or just kind of weird? Just just, just kind of weird. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. I don't know if I have a, it, 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 it. I have a small footprint on this earth. It's, it's very strange. You lead a Spartan existence. That's something to be proud of. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, this is an existential musing cast. This is the Televerse. <laughs> uh, although I'm soon going to be starting an existential musing cast. Just... Uh, just it just keeps up. Okay, well, that that's that's fun. We have a, a nice show coming for you this week, though. As we've mentioned uh, in the past couple weeks, the summer is kicking in. There are fewer and fewer shows on any given week, so uh, we're not abandoning our format, but it's gonna get kind of loose here. It's getting elastic. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just start throwing in some skits. <laughs> uh, I would say some uh, some childhood reminiscences. I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna adopt new languages. It's no, gonna be good. I think mostly it's just that we if we if we have a, a spotlight, and then this week for our DVD shelf, we uh, were able to ha- get uh, Sean from previously on to come back on the show. Uh, apparently, we just keep bothering them, and eventually they they say yes. Um, so he's back on the show to talk about Awake, which just ended its series run this week. So I mean, there's only so many shows that we watch that we both watch, especially that are on in a given week at this moment and they're pretty much all on Sunday. So uh, rather than having a episode spotlight and a week in TV that has about three things in it, we're just going to kind of talk through the TV, the, the week's TV and um, then go to our, our shelf segment at the end with Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, although, you know, the summer's going to get interesting. It's just, it's, there's a few weeks of, there's a lull. There's a lull, and we're experiencing it right now. I mean, end of June, things start to heat up. I mean, our collective favorite show of the year returns. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for Louis. And uh, I'm I'm planning on just talking the hell out of Louis for sure. And well, of course, then there'll be Breaking Bad. You know, I had fun a watching. A few days later, yeah. Awkward last year, and that'll be coming back. I've been told I should give uh, Wilfred a chance. Uh, not to mention there's some other comedies that I'm going to probably check out that have been. 
recommended to me. So if there's something that's airing this summer, or Alphas is another one uh, that that yes. you think we should oh, yes. be checking out, you know, let us know. And I totally forgot about Alphas, uh, especially that that got to be quite good near the end of its season. Yeah, and I mean, I will be watching, if nothing else, the premiere uh, or the pilot for Client List because I I owe Keith. Uh, one of our listeners, so I will be checking in on that. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be a few other things, but uh, but yeah, so it's it's just going to be a little slightly different uh, format. But mm-hmm. before we get into that, we should uh, mention, got some tweets. Uh, we didn't get any comments. I was kind of expecting some hate mail or or some sort of reaction to our community discussion. Um, we got, I know some people were very nice. They enjoyed the uh, the talk with Mo Ryan about Lost which was fun. Um, but yeah, we didn't get any comments at the site. So uh, I guess we weren't as controversial as I may have a single tear anticipated, but uh, I guess that's good too. We, I heard from new listener, uh, Anthony strand or Tony strand. So th- welcome to listening to the show is lovely to hear from you. Please let me know what you think of, uh, of next week as well. And uh, yeah, so just some talk about the smash cast shakeups and uh with with mario which is all good news by the way can i just point out that's all good news it's it's only it's only good um some awake talk with with ken and and uh, i mentioned dan is on a uh angel first time watch so that's been fun and it's reminded me uh that you're still stuck in season one but you think you're gonna get to vampire diaries before you get to angel i'd imagine right well i have vampire diaries handier at the moment so but I, I can only watch so much Vampire Diaries in a day. I just get too tired of looking at all those pretty people. It's just they're they need to uglify that cast. They need to start getting hound like injuries on those people. Yeah. Uh, quickly because they are they are too shiny. Well, and speaking of the hound, uh, we have our our Game of Thrones podcast uh, for the week up. We we talked uh, Blackwater and we had a lot of fun with that. So you can that'll be on the feed and you can uh, hear our thoughts about that. So that's another reason that there there isn't as, as many there aren't as many shows for us to talk about this week because that show has its own uh, separate podcast. But we uh, yeah we have some stuff up going up at Sundance site as well. I'm gonna have a list up of shows that. It top top seven shows that have rebounded well because I've been somewhat concerned about some of my show's finales this year. So I was inspired to uh, come up with a list to cheer me up of shows that have dug themselves out of some weak seasons. So that should be up by the time you guys are hearing this, in theory. Um, <laughs> uh, what else is going on on the site? Still Cronenberg Month, yes? Uh, yes, we're actually doing a... Um, I'm seeing Cosmopolis this morning by the time this goes up <laughs> so uh, bright and early and much earlier than you commoners so uh we, we're gonna be doing like our umpteenth cronenberg show uh, very soon we're probably talking about spider along with that as well seems to be a good pairing and uh, we're doing a lot uh we're gonna do a wes anderson show soon as well because of moonrise kingdom which uh speaking of hate mail i'm expecting some from that one just warning you in advance and yeah, just we're just grinding like usual. Although it's gonna, although since I'm moving soon, it's gonna get chaotic, extra chaotic. Just trying to organize all this stuff. It's gonna be fun. You're gonna, you're not gonna know any of it, but it's just know that on this end, it's just, uh, it's just an absolute uh, mess. Nonstop party, Whee! woohoo! Um, but yeah. if that, uh, with that adventuresome spirit, let's get into our week in TV. I was planning on kicking off Thursday because. 
there's nothing at least for for me tuesday or wednesday do you have anything tuesday wednesday no no it's just my life (laughs) Um, television i was planning on starting out our thursday discussion with talk about the so you think you can dance premiere but so you think you can dance is not on demand and so i will have to catch up with that at at their website uh because i my dvr didn't catch it so i will give you my my thoughts on the so you think you can dance uh premiere next week along with i guess the second episode i wait with bated breath liar next we have eagle heart <laughs> which we totally forgot to talk about last week but we way. absolutely forgot to talk about it uh, last week um so they had the, which i think probably says what we thought of the episode but they, they had a like a tinseltown sort of parody hollywood parody episode and then this week we had the scott man for me the scott man was far more successful uh and yes yeah, i agree yeah i mean it wasn't bad last week it just you know we got to tuesday and we both forgot to talk about it uh so yeah that, that tells you something but i had so much fun uh with with, with it this week and i thought the i mean it was just uh, the right mix of kind of crazy and and delightful i thought the digression about the the song the recording studio was a bit too long the joke went on a little bit too long for me it didn't quite work yeah but other than that i i enjoyed the episode i'm I'm always happy with the show whenever it just goes on a on bizarre tears and i mean this is already a strange show and it's and, and it's a particularly strange episode of a strange show you have a scatting villain who you know he gets through a phrase and your head explodes Bam. your heart explodes and but then they also throw in this whole quasi sadomasochistic love story with Maria Thayer's character, where she encounters a guy whose wires are crossed because he's the he's the good twin of the Scat Man, and just oh, just so much going on. I'm I'm always flabbergasted by how much backstory they can throw into just a couple minutes. Well, and also her dealing with uh, more gender issues at the workplace as a junior lady marshal. Right. Junior Lady Marshall, yes. I, I like to imagine that's also Rachel's title on uh, Unjustified. You just never hear it. <laughs> oh, I Junior wish Lady Marshall, Rachel Brooks. That didn't feel like it's the case, but it does. Uh, hopefully, they'll <laughs> fix that. Just I, we love Justified here. Yes, we do. Season four will be fabulous. Every season, they say we're going to fix her, and they never do. Uh, they keep trying though. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then yeah, they. I'm 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 always amazed at the number of subplots they can they can cram in there. And uh, also, for some reason, the the ending with the with Maria Thayer beating that guy in the face with a hammer just really fit with our week in television this week, <laughs> which was all just a little bit darker and more sinister than usual. Well, and a little more like it felt like it was beating you on the head with its message. I mean, these these were not subtle episodes of television. No, no, they weren't. We'll get to that. Well, let's let's just go right into uh, Sunday because at least for for us right now. That's when all the television That's all is. we got. We'll talk yeah. about, let's talk about Girls. Uh, Welcome to Bushwick, a.k.a. The Craxident. And I think that's a pretty fabulous title for an episode of television. Um, I really like this one. And, and speaking with you briefly about it uh, off mic, it seems like I liked it more than you did. So why don't you kick off with what you thought about it and, uh, you know, what didn't work for you? Uh, I, I thought it was fine. I, 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 I'm not sure if anything about it didn't work. I just I wasn't as struck by it as I was last week's when we just had that whole Hannah-centric episode with the parents. Um, I think part of it might be that Shoshana is still kind of a cartoon to me, especially compared to the other girls. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I kind of figured when the episode was called The Crackcident that it was going to be Shoshana. I don't know why I figured it out that quickly, but it just seemed like the most obvious comic ploy for them to do. Um, 
yeah, she's she's still a little bit two dimensional to me. You know, like she's the sort of she's the she's the wackiest character. You know, she's the virgin. She never knows what she's doing, and oh, she accidentally smoked crack, and isn't this hilarious? Uh, and the, the many scenes with her running away from Ray were kind of kind of repetitive to me. Uh, everything else about the episode I thought worked really well. It was nice to see the whole uh, plot line with James Legros uh, come to a head in a in a pretty predictable but also very realistic fashion. And uh, everything with uh, with Adam was great too. I'm really digging the way they quasi develop his character over time. Well, and that's the thing to me. Um, it's one of the lines that they've given. They gave Adam a few weeks ago that I thought was so hilarious that. Uh, Sometimes people grow apart, and that's on you because I'm done growing. Uh, it was pretty great. Uh, and uh, Because it doesn't feel like they're developing his character so much as it feels like they're revealing it. Yeah. Which I, I think is, I think that's a separate thing. I, I don't feel like he's growing and changing, I feel like. And it's something that I really enjoy, a theme of this episode that I really enjoyed, um, was this notion of maturity and of... Uh, having an honest and equal relationship and that's something that we saw talked about a lot with marty but it's also clearly talked about uh you know discussed with with adam and that you know hannah we, we all we've seen is adam from her perspective for the most part and everything about her relationship with adam has been defined by her role in it Mm-hmm. And so to to have him call that out, I thought was great this week, and it's something that I felt bad because I hadn't even it hadn't even occurred to me that that was the case, um, and so I'm curious how much of that I assume that that was by design then, because Lena Dunham yeah. seems like she's smart enough to do that. Yeah, I mean, I I still think he's basically a horrible person. Um, yeah, I, you know the the fact that he's also apparently you know an ex self alcoholic or ex-alcoholic mm-hmm. doesn't really negate that at all though I, I like the notion that part of why he's a terrible boyfriend is because she's a terrible girlfriend yes she's she, i think the the word for her is incurious you, you know she's she's or you know i guess you could just say self-absorbed also that also works but uh, I, I think his his characterization of, of her as someone who just shows up and you know, gets laid and goes home and writes about it, I think was, was pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Well, and just the the note that they end the episode on is just so adorable. And it, like, you know, something that I had mentioned last week or, or maybe it was the week before about how they had gone so frequently to that shot of Hannah looking lost and sad, just of just seeing her expression and that being, um, and, and so vulnerable and that being, uh, you know, incredibly effective, but also starting to get re- repetitive. So to end this episode, uh, that that creeping little, you know, just kind of stupid smile on her face was, you know, was was really nice. I really enjoyed it. It was nice, but it was still for Adam. So I can't I can't help but read doom into it. That that's not going nice places. Yeah, but you know, if if yeah, I don't doesn't see he's definitely not boyfriend of the year or anything like that and but she's you know if she can grow from this and from in this relationship and he can cause her to look at herself and how she's interacting with the world and and, and cause her to react to everything that's around her in a less self-absorbed way then that's still positive growth for her I I don't think people 
learn from other people that way. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. At least that's never how it's worked in my life. Uh, I, I, I don't, at least if it's going to be an honest reflection of how life works, I just see horrible things happening and nobody learning anything, but maybe that's just me. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see which way they go with it. It's definitely, I, I could see it going either way. Um, and, and with that theme of selfishness, I, I like that they brought back Hannah's ex, her college boyfriend, uh, and cause, cause Marnie, I think, I think on a different show, she would be the 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 character that everybody said you know like the oh I'm a Samantha I'm a you know I feel like she would be the the character that most people would inaccurate would want to say that they were because she seems like she has her life together she always looks fabulous she has a job that she likes um but I think she's kind of the worst of them oh yes she absolutely is I mean she actually when you think about it besides being very good looking she has very few redeemable redeeming qualities yeah she's she I mean she's uh, actually, she she looks great, and she's occasionally a very good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she I would say actually she's pretty legitimately a pretty good friend to Hannah. Yeah. Uh, you know she's she's looking out for her or trying to. That's pretty much where her as far as her good qualities go. Like she's all, another you know pretty terrible girlfriend. Um, and as we as we learn, also very self absorbed from what from, from what we can tell from her uh, encounters with other people. Uh, yeah. And also, but you know, it's, she's also another one. She's, she's, she's still working things out as we, as we saw with her, uh, encounter with Yorma Takone uh, four or five weeks ago, which I'm surprised yeah. we haven't seen him again. I'm wondering if he's going to pop up. Yeah. I would expect that that's coming. Um, and the other thing that I enjoy, I, cause normally I, I don't even remember the character's name that tells you how little I enjoy her, her storylines, but the, um, the, the free spirit of the group Shoshana's mm-hmm. cousin. Uh, yes. I, I loved what we got from her this week. I loved, cause I love the note that it ended on. Um, and I was just, I kept waiting for the, I don't know why, cause I, I've enjoyed the show and I've respected its, its point of view and its originality. So I don't know why I was, you know, kind of pa- painfully waiting for the terrible thought, fa- the husband or whatever, the, the father sleeps with the nanny storyline. But mm-hmm. I was so glad that they sidestepped it. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't really see that going the way he wanted it to. And um, the, and the, the note they ended it on, and, and James LaGrosse, I think, has been great in that role. I don't know how much really we're going to see him after this. Probably one one or two more episodes of him looking shameful. Uh, but I, I liked all mm-hmm. the scenes of, of him just being awkward at the party and them uh, getting in fights with crust punks was pretty good also. <laughs> but yeah, just her, the fact that it ended on a note for her of... I gotta stop doing this of of some level of you know again reflection and potential growth was was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think? I, I mean, I feel like it has to have been an intentional parallel, Shoshana and the um, Ray. Yeah, Ray, Shoshana and and, and Ray's uh, interactions so clearly mimicking the how we saw Marnie meet Charlie. I hadn't thought about that, but uh, yes, there is. That yeah, there's that idea of being this traumatic situation and accidentally case, getting high. Ac- accidentally, yeah, and you're, right, you're accidentally getting high. Friend who's gonna be right there with you and guiding you, uh, going after a boy yeah, instead yeah, and pawning right. you off on this dude they're talking to. Yeah, I wow, I didn't make that association at all. Good job. Yeah, it's exactly the same situation. So if it's not deliberate, it's just lazy. 
uh, I'd like to think it's deliberate. Well, especially because he's Charlie's best friend, <laughs> you know. Yes. It, it really feels like it has to be. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm we'll see. Yeah. Like I said, I'm still not totally convinced by Shoshana as a character. I'm still waiting for the episode where she clicks for me. Yeah, we'll see. But um, so I get you know I, I liked it more than you did. Uh, I think I I think a lot of that might tie into the fact that I'm enjoying Adam more than you. Maybe or maybe maybe it's not that I'm enjoying him more, but I'm less just just like taken out of it by how terrible that would be in real life. Oh well, I I do think he's 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 definitely the most interesting male character on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he doesn't really have that much competition, but well, there's there's Charlie and. There's James LaGrosse and Ray, mm. I guess. There's there there's there actually is an almost equal number, and there's the father, but and he's pretty great, but we don't see much of him. Yeah, uh, but I guess let's you know we've, we've been going for a while. Let's let's go on to a beep and talk about baseball, in which we get Selena very very pregnant apparently, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna be pissed if they roll back from that somehow, like if mm-hmm. Tony Hale somehow screwed up the pregnancy test or whatever. I don't expect they're gonna do that. Yeah. But I, I didn't think this was the best episode or the funniest episode by any means, but they have landed themselves in a very interesting position. Absolutely. With th- this whole notion of, yeah, so I'm an unwed mother, uh, or like I'm, I'm now going to be an unwed mother and the vice president, holy crap, okay, you uh, need to marry me now. Well, and, and he went right with it, too. Well, I, he didn't look happy to me. He didn't look happy, know. but he's like, but yeah, I was, I was very surprised at how seemingly smoothly that conversation went. Uh, well, it didn't seem to that smooth to me. He just seemed to be totally, it was so much information to process at once. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if anyone has ever told you that you got them pregnant and you need to be married, <laughs> but I imagine if somebody said that to me. I would I would probably react in a similar way where I I'm just I'm so overwhelmed by the just the weight of that moment that I would just say, "Ah, uh, okay." <laughs> Click and then probably um just absolutely freak out somewhere. Uh so I I I don't know if it's going to go that smoothly going forward. We'll have to wait and see. Hmm. Um but yeah, we also got sort of a well, I was I was a little annoyed we got the return of uh did the president call? <laughs> that was a little disappointing especially because it came at a rather random moment i thought in the episode but uh yeah i mean just this this whole notion of of her being pregnant is usually usually that's a cheap reveal on a tv show uh, especially in a drama and here it's a fascinating one well and it's so well handled throughout the the entire episode and the way that it i mean because i kept i think that what clinches it is the fact that they actually went there because I kept waiting for it, you know, funny hijinks, ha ha ha. Turns out that no. So you know, the the fact that they committed to that, I am very much. We only have two episodes left, so I'm very much looking forward to where they're gonna go in those two episodes. And I think it also gave a lot of different dynamics for our main ca- characters to play with that were a lot of fun. I, I mean, just I could watch Anna Chomsky and and Reed Scott just snipe at each other in a in a mm-hmm. grocery store all day. Oh yeah, and and every every that that whole section of the episode where he thinks she's the one that's pregnant is gold. Yeah, just all all those lines were great. They have a great dynamic, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, how many episodes of comedies have you seen where somebody has a pregnancy scare and it's hilarious and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they think for a little while that they might be pregnant and they have to think about it and they start freaking out. And then the episode, of course, they're not pregnant because that would be dumb. And, yeah, they totally went there. And, I, you know, and that you, you, and you, you feel like it's going to be one of those up until that last second when Tony Hale runs up and says, oh, yeah, you're totally really pregnant. <laughs> well, and I, th- I think it's the, oh, you're very pregnant. I think the very is what makes that work. Yeah. 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 Such yeah, a little detail, was, but that's great. And by the way, it, I, I'm not saying I'm not endorsing this choice, but if Ianucci decides to try to milk laughs out of any outcome for this, other than her giving birth, I will, <laughs> I will give a slow clap. That's all I have to say. Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, I, the other one out, part of the story that I wanted to mention uh, was <laughs> I love Tony Hale's whole storyline um, with uh, with his dad. It was and I also I also really enjoyed the photographer, and I'm hoping that that character comes mm-hmm. back. I, I think the 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 best thing to me about that subplot was um, what's the name of the guy who works at the White House? Jonah. Yeah, was was Jonah's zinger about? Oh, that must have been hard for your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his utter failure at, at being Gary was pretty great, too. Yes. Yeah, it's not so easy to be Gary. And it, it also ties into this idea of everyone being good at their job in one way or another. which mm-hmm. is, uh, And you, over time, it, it's actually kind of impressive the way we've come to find out what part everyone has to play. And they are, they're actually all there for a reason. Absolutely. Though, Mike, what is he doing? What have we seen him be good at? Oh, uh, he's, he's actually, we, we saw him be very good at handling the press this week. I guess so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He did a he handled that well. It, it yeah. did give me flashbacks to uh, to similar scenes from The West Wing. Just such a different tone, but you know, both a lot of fun. Yeah, still still digging the hell out of Veep. And I, I if anything, if, of the the many cliffhangers uh, that the t- TV left us on this week, I think that's the one I'm most interested in. Yeah, totally. And I, can I just say also that HBO's block of girls and Veep together is like a brilliant combination. Yeah, it works really well. Yeah, especially if you watch Girls first and then Veep's like a good palate cleanser for if girls like got extra weird or creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they're a fantastic pairing. I, I think they're, they've got their best set of programming right now that they've had for a long time. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, this Sunday, it was, if with that, it ended fed right into uh, to Game of Thrones, and there was a lot of, uh, or no, it was Game of, Th- Game of Thrones is first. Sorry, my bad. Uh, Game, of Th- they were, yes. Game of Thrones fed into this, and there was plenty of uh, the women talking, and plenty of uh, girls, I guess you could say, on, on Game of Thrones yes. this week, too. And that theme continued over to Mad Men, which is our final show. Uh, of the week jesus that was fast yes uh the other woman is the name of the episode and i think my 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 initial reaction to this when i was talking to you about it still applies this was dark this was this was like spinal tap album cover dark this was (laughs) this was not right and when i say that i don't i don't even necessarily mean in an impressive way this was like show destabilizingly even too dark like this is easily the most upsetting episode of Mad Men that immediately comes to mind or at least the most upsetting it's been since say we left Sal in a phone booth and since Joan got raped by her fiance yeah that's that's a good compare except this was like a whole episode of watching Joan get raped by her fiance 
and everybody was getting raped. It was just like Game of Thrones. I'm gonna um, need yeah, I'm just gonna register the utter misuse of, of that term and how it does not apply slightly and we're gonna move on. <laughs> no no, but I'm I'm saying this is it, it was it was just emotional terrorism. Emotional okay. Just, I can go with emotional terrorism. Emotional terrorism, we can go with that. We All right. Go it with was that. just it was hard to watch. Uh I mean this and it and what what was mo- most amazing to me about it was it went right in there. Like within the first three minutes, we had the setup for the episode, which is, hey, so we think we can nail Jaguar if this guy can nail Joan, and they they get it right at, the, at and and they don't. And again, it's another epi- another example this week of they're not really going to go there. Oh uh, no, they totally went. They're totally going there. Aren't, oh, this is totally happening. Oh oh, I don't know. It was and and. Yeah, and the, and the whole idea that the partners were into it, or at least weren't not into it, especially Roger, yeah, was a bit much. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, I guess shall we start? Do you want to start with? Yeah, let's start with Joan and let's end with Peggy. So I guess Joan yeah, and then I, Megan and then yeah, Peggy. this episode fries my brain. I don't know where to start. So this you is decide. I have a different take than uh, than you about my my thing with Peggy is more optimistic. So I think we should end with that. that. <laughs> so talking okay. about Joni and it's something that we talk about in the Game of Thrones podcast with with Alex. Uh, but yeah, Vincent Carthizer, man, Pete Campbell is. I was trying to decide who I hated more, him or Joffrey, and it was hard <laughs> this week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I think it, it, just and... this week, C- Campbell wins because of his manipulations of the various people in that office. And the, the trouble that the thing that's perhaps the most troubling about the episode, and I would say I thought it was an excellent episode. I thought it was very well done, um, and all the performances were amazing. Some of the writing was a little, you know, getting hit in the face with a hammer. But in the, for the most part, I thought it was very well executed. Um, but what the most troubling aspect about it is that it seemed so real and feasible and like this could happen. And this is how this happens. It didn't feel like a TV show. Um, I'm not sure about that. Okay. I, I think uh, I, I'm not. I'm not as up on the episode in general as you are. I, I think the Peggy stuff is great, although its deployment was not always so great. the The sledgehammer aspect of the episode really bothered me. I mean, just as soon as you have, you know, Don's giving a speech about about owning women, and and you know, we're literally watching Joan prostitute herself at the same time. And there's a bunch of there's there's I mean there's so many examples in the episode of people talking about the value of women and it's it's a very admirable episode in that sense like it's 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 exploring a really interesting theme in a in a in a really uh in in a really theoretically interesting way but it i feel like it's just doing it's doing it too much sledgehammer is absolutely the right term for it it's there's this this show is generally pretty good at outlining its themes in a fairly subtle way, and this week it was just going all in all the time, and I found it to be a little bit much. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely see where you come from. For me, with especially with the Jaguar, <laughs> Jaguar, sorry, I can't say Jaguar, it just feels wrong. Uh, with the Jaguar pitch, uh, that that I mean, I know that slogan was supposed to be great and exactly what they were looking for, but the slogan was just so squicky and gross yeah i agree and it it didn't feel like an scdp 
pitch. It didn't feel like, like a Don approved, a, a, like it's, it's, it felt like a jumping off point. Yeah. Or, it, but it, it, and, and it felt like something that was clearly there to service the theme of the episode. Yeah, that's true. Like, it, like this week we're going to have them do this really gross pitch because it's a really gross episode. Yeah. As opposed to something that they would actually pitch because it's a really great idea. Like it, it, it probably wasn't, it was, it was roughly as good as the idea that Peggy came up with in two seconds when she was on the phone. Actually, I, th- I liked her idea better. I thought it really worked. <laughs> well, yeah, it will. It was less creepy. So yeah, that helps. That definitely helps. Uh, but yeah, as, as far, I mean, let's talk about Christina Hendricks for a moment. I thought she's phenomenal this week. Yeah, I, th- I think, well, she's been great this whole season and she's gotten some of the trickiest material. Uh, that being said, I'm, I'm really, I'm, she's one of those people, she's, she's a character you just feel so much for, and if she doesn't get some relief soon, I'm gonna start crying foul, because they've just throwing so much misery in her direction for so long. Yeah, that's the only, the biggest problem I had with her part of the episode, aside from all the men's reactions and their choices and everything, is that I don't know that I believed it as something Joan would do. Uh, that's really that's that's really the tricky thing in the episode isn't it and and it's a really hard thing to dramatize that kind of choice i mean uh, how i mean how can you rationalize being offered that much money for one night of terror (laughs) or however you want to however you want to put that it's 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 an impossible thing to imagine you i mean even if it was the initial offer of $50,000, which she'll probably end up making more than that, that's a, a ludicrous amount of money mm-hmm. now. Like that, I don't, let's, can you call that half a million now or some, some ridiculous amount now? Well, it's, uh, I don't know. how it I, I thought it was very smart that they had her specifically say, it wasn't very truth. She wouldn't have said this at the time, but it, for the audience's sake, she says that's four times, that's more than four times my salary in a year. Which I thought, mm-hmm. you know, it was smart for her to have her say that. But just something about the her coming home and the fridge is busted. We need money for the fridge. You know, it just seemed not hacky. It just seemed too convenient, you know. Um, it just it just felt too much like a tool of the writer saying, you know, she's the breadwinner now. Oh, and by the way, someone, someone needs to remind me, so it might as well be you. What is her relation to the woman she lives with exactly? That's her mom. I, I wasn't sure because Don made some reference to her as, her friend, as something other yeah. than right. Yeah, because so he was, he's not met confused. her mom, so he doesn't know. Yeah, I, I'm confused as to that she's kept her mother in the house so long because she's horrible. Yeah, but she's her mom first of all. That's so she's that's that's the mother she grew up with. So that's what she knows as being a mom. And second of all, she has yeah. a baby. She has she needs someone to watch the kid. Well, she's also got a pretty decent pile of money, I can just point out. And not, and even before, you know, this mm-hmm. whole thing. So, I don't know. Just, yeah, we'll I, see what happens. She's already, she's already kicked out one abusive person out of the house. I don't really know why she'd want... I mean, very different forms of yeah. abuse. I, I do think it's also important to note, though, Joan doesn't have any friends. Yeah, that's sort of true. I was, I was really hoping that we would get a, a moment with... Peggy and Joan, and they, they they sort of they sort of tempt you with that near the end of the episode, and now you're never going to get a Peggy and Joan moment again. 
oh we will it'll it'll come it'll just be it'll well, be different yeah. but, but but no I, for them to be friends yeah I, I got the impression that joan couldn't handle that like she wouldn't be able to she knew she wouldn't be able to handle you know because peggy is the closest thing i think she has to a friend at this point yeah uh so i guess that's as good a segue as i need to talk about what happened with peggy this week i want to end with peggy let's talk with let's talk about megan Oh no no we you know we need oh. to talk we need to talk about the the men because uh Don, I think his actions make sense. Roger felt very much like a stretch to me. Yeah, well it, it, you know, I, I think it could have been justified if he'd had a little more screen time, but the fact that he was so incidental to the episode was strange. It's like they wanted you to forget that he was involved in the you know, that he was there. If we don't sh- show him very much Maybe yeah. they won't think about it. Yeah, as if we're supposed to forget that he's, like, completely in love with her and, you know, probably always will be. And it's something that was bothering you at this episode. I think they do a great job of showing how Campbell's manipulations are what put both Roger and Joan in the position to say what they say or make the actions, to make the decisions they make that get us to Joan sleeping with the guy. Um, I don't think she does if Roger, you know, stands up for her. It doesn't happen. Or if she doesn't think that Roger doesn't care if she just whores herself out. And I don't think Roger says what he says if, uh, if Joan, if he doesn't think that Joan, well, Joan wants to do this. Right. Yeah. But the fact that they wouldn't, that neither one would talk to the other or would yeah. would know the other person well enough to know this is Campbell he's full of shit why would i believe him right y- you know in retrospect something that i something that i i've been thinking about is that that scene when lane comes to comes to joan and basically yeah explains her options that almost felt like a scene that maybe was could have been intended for roger like I, I, I could have seen that dynamic working in a strange way if he, if he, you know, tried to, tried to rationalize the situation in, a, in, a, in a similar way to the way Lane did. It just, it felt strange to me that Lane was more involved in this episode than Roger was. Oh well, see, but that scene had to be Lane for a couple reasons. You couldn't get put Roger and Joni in, in the same room together, because then it wouldn't have happened. If they had any moment together alone to talk and, you know, even just give the other person a glance, an honest glance, then it wouldn't have happened. And also, I mean, that that scene is so insidious and terrible because Lane is lying. Very little of what he's saying is truthful in any way. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. you feel even dirtier thinking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Here's the one person who comes to her as a friend yeah. And he's manipulating her. Yeah. It's like I said, it's it is a an unpleasant hour of television. And but I, I do think that more so than other some other episodes we've had this season, I th- I think the flaws were, were pretty serious. I think okay. I think the Roger offense alone is is the the fact that it's such a dark episode and that they manipulate the, the episode to make it more upsetting, but in ways that aren't necessarily realistic, makes it even more upsetting because <laughs> it feels like the show is just going wrong. Fair enough. Um, let's let's talk about Megan because I feel like that's a story. That's one of the ones that has a happier ending because it starts out in in a similar 
a dark place with the 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 idea of ownership and you know another one of the these Don and Megan fights but the difference between Megan and Peggy is that Megan's going to let Don say okay so I was being a jackass here's what I actually mean and and, and so I I think the point that they get to at the end of the episode is a much more positive one uh well sort of I mean we still have that very creepy scene of her audition which is not so great um, I don't know. I don't foresee the, the thing with with John and Megan that make that that makes a lot of sense to me as in terms of things that I've seen is there they have this yo-yo quality where they'll have a week where they are in sync and they understand each other, and then they'll have two or three where they're just where it's not working and they're just completely bouncing off the walls. And to, this was one of their good weeks, which of which they've maybe had I don't know three or four in the season. And to me, this was just the latest version of them getting along again. And that's, I don't really see them as a, I, I, I feel like if, if they, if they decide to go that way, they could have them be a, a forever pairing, you know, if they decide to be mature and open and communicative with each other, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, the... I just, whenever there's a good moment with them, I always feel like it's not going to last, basically. Yeah, it's interesting, because for me, this is not them working by the end of the episode it's them working but this isn't a good week for them this is a bad day and then a good day <laughs> well it's compared both. to running around and bread almost beating the shit out of each other i think it's not bad well yes but i don't think we're supposed to think that you know uh running around and uh you know nearly choking each other is normal or a, a bad day i feel like that's the bad day <laughs> No, that's just a bad day. Trust me. <laughs> um, so, and, but I thought they did a good job of, I mean, in what was a somewhat anvil-heavy episode, I thought they did a good job of not overly hitting the nail on the head with her leaving yeah. to go to Boston and correlating that to Peggy's departure. And maybe it's even just that that scene happened earlier in the episode with Megan sort of laying the groundwork for where we went with Peggy. Mm-hmm. I, I liked her. I liked her. Actually, probably the best singer in the episode was Megan's Jaguar uh, tagline. That was cute. In an episode that desperately needed more zingers. <laughs> yeah, and so I guess can we talk about Peggy? Yeah, now? let's Are talk about Peggy. Yeah, we're there. All right. Um, this I was just amazed at that. Again, another one of those. Wow, they really did that this week. Of she's just gone. That's mm -hmm. it. And her. And actually, and another just brutal scene was was her and Don's breakup. We can yeah. call it that. Uh, wow, that was unexpected. Yeah, but it was also really touching. It ended. It was touching, and it and it made sense. It yeah. made it. Her decision made sense, and that scene made sense. And I liked. And Don's reaction was perfect. Just the way he, you can almost feel he went through the stages of grief, and like really quickly, like he, he yeah, you feel like there when she's when she's leaving, like he has to restrain himself from his lesser impulses. To mm -hmm. Just, I mean, he does like, you know, he tells her not to worry about the rest of her time, which is, which Jeez. could feel bitter, but he, he stops just short of bitterness. It's yeah. a, it's a really exquisite little scene for sure. Well, it's, it's beautifully played by both actors. It's very well written. I think that note on the end does have a touch of bitterness to it, like this notion of, I'm, this is your choice. This is what you're choosing to do. Um, and I could make you come in for the next two weeks, but I also don't want to have to look 
at you for the next two weeks and know that you're mm -hmm. leaving and that transition. I mean, I mean, I think we're seeing, we learn a lot about Don in that, in that scene as well as for Peggy. And that's why for me, the, the episode ends on an optimistic note of her, of her smiling. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm the only one, but when she pushes the button, the elevator door opens. I'm like, turn, look, make sure there's an, an, an elevator car there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The elevator thing is a, that, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm glad for Peggy. It was a nice moment for her. But something about just ending the episode on such an ebullient note felt really weird to me. Just because so much of it was about the Jones story. And it was, again, just so, like, it was black metal depressing. And mm -hmm. then to have, I mean, admittedly, the Kinks tune did have a bit of a sinister edge to it in the in the context of this episode. But still, it, it felt like we were getting like an F yeah moment at the end of an episode that just made me want to slit my wrists. It was it was a really weird combination. I mean, I guess for me, most of Peggy this week was really positive. And I feel and it was definitely like you said earlier, it was definitely a oh, are they they're not going to are they they're going to do this kind of a, an experience, which is also fun. But as painful as the uh, the that early scene with her and Don is, unfortunately, we've seen other scenes like that before, and we've seen other scenes similar this season. So that didn't have the effect on me, maybe that it was intended to be really shocking and really hurtful, to be what pushes her out the door. Yeah, and so I guess because of that, all of most of her scenes felt really positive. To me, I loved her coffee um, with I can't can't even remember his name. Freddie Rumson. Freddie Rumson, yes, and I just He's got rum right in his name. It's easy to remember. But you know him talking about you know Don would be here telling you this is what you should do if it wasn't him doing it to you. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, was, you know, and and also because it's just also nice to see a nice guy again. I, I'm I'm bummed she's not taking Ken with her. Yeah, poor Ken. And I, I almost, you know, the the one beat in the episode that I'm slightly puzzled by, I'm not really sure uh, why it was there, was Ginsburg and his little quip about Megan. I'm not really sure what that's about. Megan, oh, she just goes where she wants and does what she wants is what inspired his um, tagline. Because Don doesn't own Megan. Don doesn't control Megan. And she's a beautiful woman and so they were trying to relate cars to women so don you know, you can't she does what she wants you can't just control and own her but you can own jaguar i know i feel like an idiot Sorry. uh all right good well that's great so I, I i'm wondering if are we gonna follow peggy at this other it seems like a lot of work to get a bunch more actors in a whole different setting but you know i guess that's what the that's good that's what the money's for yeah, I mean, I th I assume we are going to follow her at least somewhat. I don't know how many many of the scenes we're going to see, but I think it's it'll be interesting. And there, you know, there are only a few episodes, only two, I think, episodes left this season. Yeah. So you know, and then there, I feel like there's a lot to go as far as Jaguar, as yeah. far as Lane. With uh, I mean, I don't know if they're bringing Betty back again this season. I'd be a little surprised if she didn't show up once more. And with Megan, I, I feel like there's a lot more story to come or Joni. I mean, man, the fallout from yeah. Joan this week alone. Yeah. I mean, there's it's, this has been possibly the most plot heavy 
season of Mad Men yet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just there's just so much happening. Uh, I I was reading um on a message board somewhere. I can't I can't believe that this season there's been weeks where more happens on Mad Men than on Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's true. Which is, it's which is unusually astute for an internet commenter. Uh, not not to slate our commenters. You're great. Our commenters are awesome. Our commenters are not normal. On, on other sites, not not usually so great. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm I'm really hoping they give Ginsburg also something else to do before the season's out because I really I think he's great and he's also like one of the only like two nice guys still working at Sterling Cooper. I don't so. know if we know enough about him to know that he's nice. I th- I think we've seen enough to know that he has a, a certain degree of of genuine. I, I I see genuine qualities in him, and we 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 haven't really seen we seen we've seen quite a bit of him and we haven't seen him exhibit the sort of lecherous qualities of most of his i mean he's literally thinking about a pitch while everyone else in the office is watching a woman crawl on a table You're like that that says something yeah i suppose i suppose um but yeah i mean i feel like i could talk about this episode forever but we've already been going for quite a long time so i guess we should we should wrap it up it's just one that you know it's kind of scratching the surface uh just the the implications of each of these storylines I think is really interesting. I'm curious, what is your takeaway scene from this episode? For me, it's that beautiful moment between Don and Peggy, but I'm curious for you. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably the best scene. We also didn't talk about Don and Joan. Well, actually I think the moment that I'm going to take away is when we get that scene repeated, uh, which at, at first I thought I, I, there, there'd been a skip in my, in 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 my episode but the way the the timing of that of that repetition was was so poignant and one of the one of the sledgehammer bits of the episode that actually worked for me and uh that's that's going to be another major takeaway i think yeah there's there's a lot going on i just i do wish it had been handled and matthew weiner co-wrote this episode which is a little surprising i wish it had been handled with a slightly lighter touch and i would like next week to not want to take 70 sleeping pills when i'm done well, pretty please. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, there's. We'll see how they end the season. They don't really have a history of ending on happy notes, except for season three. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was very exciting. That was great. Yeah, I would love for this season to have a season three style ending. I think that would be boss. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely been a really strong season, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they 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 ended up and it's one that's taken several turns i did not anticipate so while there are so very few shows on television right now uh this i mean i think there's a lot of a lot of quality out there yeah the, yeah definitely unexpected twists i feel like matthew weiner at this point is writing the episodes and even he doesn't see this stuff coming it just comes out and he's like oh ah, it's happening it's, we're, going. we're rolling with it yeah so a few show notes before we go into our DVD shelf with Sean Ingram from previously on. Uh, our intro and outro music is Sweet Petite by The Bicycles. Uh, we are up at soundonsite.org with a, you, a, a post there. You can leave comments. Please let us know what you think of, of the episode. And, you know, these, I think there's plenty to talk about in almost all of the TV this week, at least, those, you know, the shows that we're, we're covering. So I'd love to hear what some of you guys have to, to say about these different different episodes you can also uh find us on itunes we have an m4a chapter feed and an mp3 feed as well and you can leave a rating or review there that would help us out we would very much appreciate that uh you can email us theteleverse at gmail.com we're both on twitter i am at the televerse you are i'm at sucker howl we're also up streaming on current and 
I think that's it. I don't feel like is is there something that I'm. Uh... No, it sounds pretty good. Let's let's get moving. Let's, let's so we're gonna we're gonna throw over now to our DVD shelf segment. Uh, it's I guess on demand shelf or uh, repeats yeah. on NBC over the summer Digital shelf. shelf. I don't know. Uh, so we're talking with uh, Sean from previously on about about Wake and the the finale, Turtles all the way down, as well as the entire run of the entirely too brief run of the of the series. So tell me how this works. I'm awake with my wife, and I close my eyes, I open them, and I'm awake with my son. And this has been happening since the accident? So you begin working on one case here in reality, and then suddenly you begin working another case there in your dream. It all feels completely real to me. You can't tell whether you're awake or asleep at this very moment. Well, I can assure you, Detective Brentwood, this is not a dream. It's exactly what the other shrink said. We're back with the Televerse. This is Kate Kalzik, as ever, with Simon Howell. And this week at the DVD shelf, uh, we decided to... It's it's not a DVD yet. We'll see if it comes out. But Awake just finished its season, and it's also its series. So we figured we'd have uh, Sean from Previously On on to talk about it with us. Sean, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me yet again. Yeah, you're you're uh, uh, what our most uh, our most featured guest, I would say. Third time's a charm. Is that right? Do I get the third chair title? I don't know. I don't know, Simon. Thoughts? Chip in here. Third chair. Chime That's, in here. I don't know. It's like, it, it, it's like third key. It's like, it, it, it's like <laughs> jury prize. I don't know. It's it's that's heavy. That's heavy. What's I don't know. what? What is a third key? I've never heard of this. It's it's a stupid managerial thing. I see. If you work for a store. Anyway, that we're boring everyone to tears. Awake. It, it doesn't matter. You know it's not boring. Awake. Uh, so with that stellar transition, um, we've talked about the show plenty on 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 tele- the Televerse over the past uh, season, I guess, for the show thirteen weeks. Um, so you know anybody who listens to the show will know that we're fans of it. W- what did you think of this particular episode and also the season as a whole? Uh, this particular episode, I thought, was fantastic. And the season as a whole, you know, I'm a little, I'm not exactly sure what you guys said about it because I did something which is kind of unlike me, which is that I got very behind on the show and didn't really catch up until the last couple weeks of airing. So I don't know where you guys stood, but I think there were definitely some stronger reps and definitely some weaker ones, but I don't think... I think every episode had something to recommend it. I mean, there's only 13, but uh, yeah, I don't think there were any total duds. There's always something good about them. And uh, yeah, I really like the show and uh, I'm sad it's over already. Yeah, it's uh, as, as much as we may point out that it's done so much better than Kyle Killen's last show, which lasted two episodes, it's still disappointing to see a show that takes as many creative uh, risks as this one does while maintaining that that procedural format, uh, not really get a chance to connect with an audience. And I mean, I don't know if it would have connected with an audience if given another year, another season on network TV, but it's too bad more people didn't haven't been watching it. Yeah, I think in to me, I, I loved the Lone Star pilot. I mentioned it. I mentioned that whenever I can. And even and the second episode I thought was just as good, and I I find Killa to be a really interesting guy because 
he he really seems to look at each new show as some sort of new experiment like with Lone Star he said he was trying he was very explicitly trying to do an FX or HBO style show that just happened to be on a broadcast network and it didn't work uh because you know it got canned with insane rapidity and here he was trying to sort of meld sort of high concept this 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 very heavy emotional hook with you know sort of a procedural aspect which he admitted that didn't always work either in in ways that you know what what he said about that links up very closely to what we've said about the about sort of the the weaknesses of the show's procedural approach and i really feel like in four or five years what, I'm not sure what's going to happen with him and his future projects, but I feel like we're going to be talking about him the same way we talk about a guy like Brian Fuller. Like he's a guy who I, I think he, I think his broadcast experiments can be safely put aside for now. I think it's time for him to to try out other avenues because they're just not being nice to him. It's not working out, but he's he's taking it quite well. As for the episode itself, uh, I thought it was kind of stunning. I think it's. I think it's actually pretty easily the best episode of the whole run, which is it, it. It says something when you end with your best episode. It's it's they they clearly went all out in terms of the surreal aspects of the show, in terms of what they could do with um with sort of like how deep can they go into one character's psychology without just the show just turning into gobbledygook. Um, the especially the last twenty minutes of the episode were just. We're, we're just wonderfully jaw-dropping absolutely and uh it, it was a it was a crazy fun uh episode of television i had a lot of fun while i was watching it i mean we were concerned somewhat that we saw had seen in the promo last week that uh britain was talking to himself and that that would be the big reveal of the episode and then that happened about 30 minutes in something that seems like it would be on a different show a huge twist reveal is just you know the, the starting step of when starts things start to get crazy in this episode and it, it is there, there are a couple things that reminded me of it reminded me of uh twin peaks it reminded yes. me of lost and these are all things that i these are both things that i like very much and and that's you know interspersed with i think uh really really great performances from all, everybody involved and they found a way to do this terrible conspiracy storyline in an interesting manner uh so i was really impressed with this finale i i, I think for, for me the the individual element that was the most interesting and that i think could it could have been a, a series ending reveal if it had gone on for five or six or seven seasons theoretically this idea of britain sort of give it like willingly giving up on one reality sort of to service the other one not because it's not real but just because it's the thing to do in that situation here he's he sort of he gives up on, on hannah's world in order to you know make things work in the other one that to me was such a potent idea and it was also a really tr it was a really tricky idea to get across and I, I think they did it quite wonderfully and in a way that was very poignant and, uh, and it was also a fun episode in the sense of people immediately misreading it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like not that many people watched Awake, but enough of them did that. You know, you can get on message boards and read pe read people's reactions. And I read so many people who were pissed off about like 
the way this episode had a corny happy ending and i was like you guys did not watch the same tv show as me no uh yeah that's that's exactly right uh, i don't think i mean it's not a coincidence that michael is well i guess we're supposed to call him britain right everybody calls him britain <laughs> yeah that he's talking about wanting a time machine uh just a few minutes before that ending and uh you know put two and two together i don't I don't think he actually had a time machine, <laughs> so it makes it uh, it's more tragic than than corny happy ending. Mm-hmm. And 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 actually, Kate, since you brought up Twin Peaks, it, the the comparison one aspect of that comparison had not occurred to me until now. I I don't know how how clearly you guys remember the Twin Peaks series finale or inadvertent series finale, but there was a sense in that episode of we're gonna double down on the crazy, uh-huh. like leave cliffhangers galore. And they're not going to be able to cancel us. <laughs> and here, that you didn't have that aspect of they're not going to be able to cancel us, and they do anyway. Like they, they, I'm, I'm pretty sure Killen and company, they, they would have done the episode anyway. But I'm, they, I'm sure, I'm sure they had a pretty good sense they weren't going to make it. But there's, there's that same sense of just go for broke, make this episode like it's your last because let's face it, it probably is. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, which is a quality I haven't seen in, in a finale in quite some time. Yeah, and maybe that's what struck me so much about it and why I was feeling that connection to, to Twin Peaks and Lost. It it's just ballsy and you know, it made it made me realize how much I've been missing that in my television and in, in the shows that I watch. I'm such a fan of genre television and so that's something that like just watching Battlestar, there would just be a left turn crazy finale and you're going, How the hell are they gonna deal with this next week or next season? How are they gonna where could this go now? And so to watch this finale and to see, I mean, from the the writing, I think is really interesting. And I enjoyed reading. Um, there's a couple different interviews with Kyle Killen um, that are out there. I particularly enjoyed the one with, with Seppenwall at uh, Hit Fix. You guys should go, anybody who hasn't read it should go check it out if they're interested. But he's talking about how they, they had always planned on going this way in the second season because it would allow them more options and wanting to end with that shot of, the three of them all in one scene together, um, which was, you know, a fascinating and interesting way to to end a season or a series, I guess in this case. Um, but for me, the things that I most enjoyed were the just the the surreal and crazy moments. I love that sequence with the two shrinks interacting. Yes. It was fabulous, and uh, and the I got such a like like a, a a black lodge but in a good way like a a happy black lodge somewhere uh with that that lovely scene between Jason Isaacs and Laura Allen where she's saying goodbye to him for, for me i guess it just it showed me how much i've been missing some crazy in my television yeah well also to me well executed crazy it's really hard to do crazy well i mean fringe has been just as crazy but you know it's also been kind of ill conceived Maybe the difference is on Fringe, it's supposed to make sense to the characters. Like, you have Walter there to give you a phlebotanum, and uh, it's like slingshotting around the moon. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Know, to give you the, the explanation, so it's supposed to make sense. Where on, whereas in this, no one has any idea what's going on. Let me ask you, I saw, a, I, lo- I looked a little bit online, and I saw a couple comments that maybe... The show could have used more of the, this kind of crazy earlier on. Do you think, would you agree with me that 
they sort of had to bide their time to bring in this level. I mean, certainly they had uh, the Penguins and the uh, Ricky's Tacos. Uh, Ricky, the voice from Ricky's Tacos. Yeah, the drive. Yeah. So there were certainly uh, crazy elements, but the premise of the show was certainly odd. But uh, I felt like they had to. They definitely had to build to this kind of thing, and the season finale was the time to do it. Would you uh, agree with me on that? Well, I, I think for me, I, I I think the show was building it quite well up until before these last two episodes, we had a, a string of really heavy on the procedural stuff episodes, and at least one episode, in fact, where just where the whole crossing between universes thing was it was literally like part of like a 45 second or a minute scene. And the rest of it was seriously just a procedural, uh, just a regular cop show. And it just, it felt like they lost that element for quite a, for a significant period of time. So it honestly, there are three, there are three or four episodes in there that if I was going to rewatch the, the series, I would probably just skip. I know they shuffled the episode order around. Does that have anything to do with it? I haven't looked it up, but. Is that possible? Yeah, it's something we've talked about before. I would be very interested to see when they broke, when they when they stopped production to figure out what they were doing. Because originally I was starting I was thinking that maybe they, they started they, they stopped and rethought things after they had started going, you know, more surreal in you know, with the, the penguin episode, which I loved. I had so much fun with that, and then the the talk Ricky's tacos and then for like three weeks in a row, they, it was far more by the numbers. And so that led me to believe that, oh, they must have decided that that wasn't working and they didn't want to commit to that. So they changed. But then they changed back here at the end. So I, I you know, I would I would actually very strongly agree with you, Sean. I think that you're, something like this is best saved for, a, you know, a, a finale and then, a jump, you know, a jumping off point for season two. And I would compare it actually to the 4400, which does a similar kind of just twist reveal in, in its season one finale um, and take, which takes the show off in a different direction. Um, um, I would just say that kind of like what with I would also agree with Simon that if I could just cut out the, the, those lovely character scenes with particular, with, with uh, the main family and the girlfriend, Emma and, and stitch those together into like one episode then I would say that I thought it was very well paced out. It just kind of had that middle slump for me. But I do agree that if they had gone, you know, glowy white door in in week five, I don't know that it would have been as effective. I think they needed to get suck you into this world and to believe the realism of both realities um, mm-hmm. to get to get you invested in Hannah and Emma and her and you know potential grandbaby um and then to also suck you in with Rex and I know that they were going to build towards a potential uh relationship with his tennis coach in the next season um, yeah she kind of disappeared towards the end there yeah yeah she, she completely disappeared very rapidly it was very strange yeah um well, and I think something that you and I talked about, Kate, quite a bit is just the way the procedural elements just often seem to be just seem to be out of a blander show. Mm-hmm. And that and it, I was it was nice to read uh, Killen admitting that the procedural aspect was not necessarily all that interesting to him all the time. 
and you really feel it. Yeah, it at was, least I, I at least I think so. It was validating to to hear him say, "Yeah, I thought the you know the episodes that were all straight up procedural weren't our best." I was like, "Oh, that's what we've been saying." Well, it's it's refreshing to hear someone who has who is doesn't just have some humility about what they do, but seems to have a pretty a good sense of self estimation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not always the uh, strong suit of showrunners. Well, and it shows, uh, at least for me, it shows uh, gives me an optimistic eye towards his future because you you know the, to where he's going to go if he's able to self analyze so so you know so well to see what his strengths and weaknesses are at least for this series. That I I definitely I I agree with you, Simon. I think he'll be an interesting person to watch as we go forward. No, you know I was just wondering. It's so semi off topic, but have either of you seen The Beaver? Maybe you talked about this. No, I haven't. Uh, actually, I haven't. I, uh, I, a lot of things about it creeped me out when it came out for obvious reasons. So I, I did. But I was always curious because of his involvement, and I did hear from several people that it was actually kind of interesting. But he definitely does have a thing for split personalities and double lives. I don't know what it is. For those who aren't aware, Kyle Killen also wrote the the beaver and it was actually that's probably that script is probably what got him lone star right because it was at the top of the 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 blacklist blacklist, yeah 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 um but yeah but yeah so that this is now his third project that we know of at least to feature that idea of dual identity and it's also his third project to be (laughs) a failure fiasco (laughs) maybe not an outright failure but yeah yeah to, to have some sort so he's 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 definitely building up that sort of closet full of failure thing that most good showrunners need to have, apparently. Well, you know, it's a. Uh, I was trying to. Because th- the reaction that I had watching the finale, the first thing I thought was, okay, I'm watching a, a, a new Joss Whedon find his voice and figure himself out. Uh, and I could see him becoming a cult favorite once he. If he's able to find the right show and is able to to get it to hit you know in the way that, that Buffy really spoke to to a lot of people when it when it came out I could see because uh, you know there's just certain things that feel very um specific I, I mean I, without having seen those two episodes of Lone Star or The Beaver maybe it's just specific to this series but that seemed like a more unique point of view and approach that I could see the see him carving a niche out for himself but then uh but then i was then i was trying to decide if i thought he was more likely to go the whedon path or the tim Minear path which is a series of interesting incredibly well-run shows that nobody watches and get canceled in one season well let's let's hope not mostly i want tim Minear to have a successful show <laughs> but you know I, maybe I they think... can work together and Get a show canceled in record time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or like their powers will Wonder Twin powers activate and they'll cancel each other's out. Ah, and... maybe. <laughs> I, I have to say, if I could isolate what's special about his stuff so far, having not seen the Beaver, um, so it's going to be tricky. There's just these. There are these moments uh, in his shows so far that are very particular to those shows. Like there's uh, a moment at the end of the Lone Star pilot when you really figure out what's going on with the protagonist and where his head is at. And I know the one you're talking about and exactly what his worldview is. And you're like, wow, that is not something I've seen before. That's it. it, You know, you, you have someone in this very particular situation and you feel a very particular way about them. 
And here, I think you get that. At least I felt that in the in the awake finale, in that moment where he gives up on on Hannah on Hannah World, like that is that expresses an emotional idea and places a character in a situation that I have not seen before. Yeah, for I guess you know I look forward to watching this uh, finale again. For me, so much of that scene was just I loved their performances. I particularly loved Laura Allen in that scene. I loved her delivery of now go get him or go get her or whatever it was. It was, yeah. you know, that I, that they did such a great job of making me really like Hannah, you know, for somebody who would be so easy for that character to fall into the role of the concerned wife. Um, I, th- I thought that she, that the, both the writing and, and the performance were so strong. So that's what I was focusing on in that, mm-hmm. in that sequence. Yeah, they did a they did a really good job in getting me invested in them as a couple, which I was kind of surprised by. I I liked them together a lot, and I I I was wishing the best for them uh, at all times. It was pretty impressive. Well, and and Laura Allen is just so damn good, and oh, she poor Laura Allen. Yeah, and this is two great one season wonder, two great thirteen episode one season wonders in a row. Is her involvement in the 4400 enough to get you to check it out, even though it's all sci-fi-y, Simon? Well, I've got nothing against sci-fi. It's oh. just, isn't that like seven seasons long, though? You know what? It just kind of blends together for me, because I watched it in a sequence of, like, Memorial Day marathons or something ah, like that over the, over the course of the years, you know. I would catch, uh, like, 20 episodes at a time. But, you know, with, with both, at least with both of the shows that I've seen her in, she's taken a character that could theoretically be thankless, uh, even though the writing for both of those characters is good and really made something special out of it. Yeah. Well, and if we're going to talk about that, we should really talk about Dylan Minnette too. Uh, bankless roles on television are, you know, the, the, the troubled or uh, moody teenage son. I mean, just this yeah, much. They're the worst. Uh, but at least <laughs> he got good writing to work with, yeah, but I... that performance is also really great. Yeah. And I was going to say at least, I don't know his I'm not against the troubled teen stereotype necessarily. I mean, I mean it certainly exists for a reason, but at least he was troubled you know for a very uh for a reason that was very suited to like a dramatic television show. He wasn't just a, a teenage brat. He wasn't just <laughs> right. a Leo. <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Yeah. No, and and uh, cuz and it, it is a a a storyline that we've seen, you know, a lot. And I guess the, you know, for me, the reason it's always frustrating is because it's so very rarely done well. And for an experience or an emotional state that is, I have been led to believe rather common uh, amongst teenagers at some point, just kind of being surly uh, and, and pissed off at the world and you're not, you know, and lashing out, uh, it's it's somewhat you know odd to me that so few shows get it right. Mm-hmm. I like that you just skipped that stage in your life. It's gonna come to you later. Yeah, maybe. I I I have uh, three siblings, so I'm sure at least one of them experienced that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if we're talking yeah. about the cast. We should definitely talk about Jason Isaacs, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. He's, I need to he's... see Brotherhood yesterday. Is you know is one of the. I feel bad not having seen it. Yeah, Brotherhood is Brotherhood is always taunting me at the video store because it, I look at it and the the cast is always looking at me and oh I recognize all those people, <laughs> and I hear you're good I just don't have time for you yet. Future Shelf, 
future show. <laughs> yeah, well, he yeah, I just thought he was he was pretty great throughout, and um, in particular that episode. Uh, I forget the chronology. It was a few before the end, but the one where he can't get back to the green yeah. world, the sun world, mm-hmm. that was just a heartbreaking stuff. And he he was amazing in that one. That's yeah. an Emmy worthy episode. Absolutely. He's not going to get nominated. No, it's not going to happen. (laughs) They need to have a separate Emmys, like the canceled Emmys for stuff that they would otherwise never look at. Well, and Um, there's a lot of, there are a lot of performances that are in shows that will never get recognized. You know, I feel like it's the Suits nomination. The, the, one of the guys got from Suits got a Golden Globe nomination this past year and everybody's up in arms because you know it, there were far more uh, flashier roles that didn't get nominated or more prestigious shows whose actors didn't get nominated um and i feel like this is the sort of camp that you know that this kind of a, a performance would fall into where because it's you know in on, in theory a, a procedural nobody you know they don't get anything but if, if i was just thinking about law and order the other day or and I mean, just look at something like Lenny Briscoe. That character is so just iconic in American television. And there's no way Jerry Orbach, as fantastic as he was in the show, was ever going to get nominated for anything because it's yeah, a procedural. Yeah, he's way too low-key also. <laughs> People don't value low-key performances. And that's not just on television. Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to tangent, tangent us away. Uh, hello to Jason Isaacs, if you're out there. Uh, but definitely his his uh, performance in the show is fantastic. And I did, it was one that I felt like every now and again, especially in the earlier episodes, you could see when he had... They didn't give him very many opportunities to really fully commit to go to Eleven. You know, I just remember that early see, scene where he wakes up without his his wristband because it's come off while he's asleep and he just, he doesn't know what world he's in. He's freaking out. Um, and it was just such, it was like 20 seconds of this ridiculously intense, amazing performance. Um, and, and so I think the show did a good job of knowing when to use that, but it also, I was also somewhat disappointed that we didn't get to see, uh, Jason Isaacs give, uh, do as much as he showed that he could do. Mm-hmm. Which was, I guess, sort of a microcosm of the show itself. He didn't always have chances to cut loose and go nuts, but when it did, it made it all the more effective. Yeah, and maybe it's better that way. Maybe we don't need to see, you know, we don't need to see that all the time. But I, I definitely think Jason Isaacs, I mean, I know he's uh, beloved in England, but I, I definitely feel like he doesn't get good enough work, good enough roles enough of the time. Yeah, well, hopefully this will change things. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh Let's see. Do we, we, should we talk about uh, Moma Valderrama or the fact that Laura Innes managed to make her this terrible stuff she was given really good in the finale? Yeah, that was we we've said this before, but I'm giving full credit to Wilmer Valderrama for not embarrassing himself. Yeah, that was a surprise. Never been fond of him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he he ended up being a. a I mean, something we've talked about before, but he ended up being an equal to uh, Bird, or, or his character, Ephraim Vega, ended up being an equal to Bird for me, and that was a surprise. Um, I also was really impressed with the way that they 
uh, handled the the two psychiatrists. And I mean, as some like I've already mentioned Law and Order. I've seen enough SVU. I was glad that they did. A, they managed to distinct uh, distinguish this this uh, psychiatrist played by B.D. Wong from his psychiatrist on SVU. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you guys had that issue at all, but I was concerned about that from the pilot. Not at all. <laughs> I, I never watch SVU, so luckily it wasn't a problem for me. Fair enough. Uh, did you guys have a one of the uh, psychiatrists that you preferred? I don't, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think th- so. Yeah, although, like you said, it was amazing to watch them bicker at each other in the in the last episode. I'm, I'm really glad that at least they found time to do that before they kicked it. I have a, a sort of nitpicky question. Uh-huh. Did you find that the the green world, the sun world, was uh, a little less pleasant on the eyes and therefore maybe uh, less inviting? Yeah, green is yeah. not usually a friendly, you know, as opposed to yellow or orange or, you know. Yeah, it's definitely more dour. It felt more dour. Well, and it also felt more, it's it's a more affected color. Like the uh, wife wife world was almost what felt more natural which uh, i think probably colored people's perceptions of which world was maybe more real which to me was uh, the the idea that anyone watched this show trying to guess which world was real is ridiculous to me and i know people did or this is the notion that there was going to be an answer to that it yeah just seemed like yeah, that re- was never really happen. glad they didn't go that stupid route <laughs> <laughs> i mean and i was curious if they were going to continue into a season two what the world with both of them would be if it was just going to be normal or if they were going to start branching into blue or you know some of these other things but i definitely uh you know when you keep transitioning back and forth i think it makes it stand out all the more so in a way it might not bother you in a film but on on a weekly tv show it's more problematic i would imagine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it was necessary but yeah it was also problematic a little bit yeah I'm not. I'm not sure if there was a better way to do it, but um, yeah, it, it's it's tricky. It's one of those. It's it's one of those. The, the show just has these these innate problems that it sort of just it, it says, okay, this is the way we're dealing with it. We're just gonna roll with it, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Now, do we have? Well, we're at it. Just any other any other issues that we had with the show? I mean, I feel, I feel like we've been rather effusive here. I mean, it wasn't a perfect show. No, and I, 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 I do think, for me personally, anyway, that 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 last stretch or that near closing stretch of procedural heavy episodes were not much fun for me to watch personally. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we all agree, right? Mm-hmm. That the the procedural stuff was probably uh, the problem, um, and the the character stuff was pretty much always spot on. Um, so it was really only in in other ways that that the show failed. Well, yeah, I guess uh, unless there's any, you guys have any final thoughts, uh, Sean? No, I I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, uh, Simon. I'm hoping it gets a DVD release. Wouldn't that be nice? I think it'd be it nice. Is. I, I'd like to watch. But Terriers hasn't gotten a DVD release. No, Netflix. But this... But but more people watch this than Terriers because more people watched everything than Terriers. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and Terriers is what? It's on Netflix streaming now, I want to say? I think it, yeah, it's on, yeah, it's, it's on a variety of digital retailers. I imagine at least part of the season is still on demand and on, on Hulu, at least for now. And 
it'll probably disappear at some point. So those of you who haven't seen uh, Awake yet should check it out. Yes, definitely. Do you, will you guys, are you guys more likely to, to ch- check out something with Wilmer Valderrama now? Oh, well, I, well, let's not jump the gun there. Yeah, let's take that on the case by case. <laughs> Fair enough. Sean, thank you so much for coming out to help us talk Awake. Where can our listeners find you online? They can find me at the site for my podcast, which is a, a TV podcast that covers the week in television, much like yours. Now with fewer spoilers. Format. Yes, now with fewer spoilers, I guess. Um, and that's at previouslyonshow.com. And you can email previouslyonshow at gmail.com. And then we have a rarely used Twitter at previouslyonshow without the W. And David set that up. <laughs> I don't know why there's no W. It's because you run out of characters. You only get 15 characters for your name. I hate it, but we've had it <laughs> too long. <laughs> Good times. Well, thank you so much for coming uh, on the show again. Uh, we'll try to, to to go a little longer before we call you back in next time. But All right. I'm going to go watch Brotherhood, and I'll be in touch. <laughs> Good times. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of The Television. <laughs>